From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Good morning and welcome to GRN Alive Friday edition. It is a beautiful day where I am. I hope it is where you are as well. June 5th, 2020, Friday, ninth week in ordinary time, no longer an Easter season. And uh, today is the feast day of St. Boniface, bishop and martyr. He is the a uh, famous saint who chopped down Thor's sacred tree. We've heard that. I think there's some relationship between uh, St. Boniface and also the Christmas tree as well. So uh, anyways, uh, Dr. Malloy walks in and I said, you're going to talk about St. Boniface today, right? And so, so anyways, do you know much about him or that, that's kind of his well, legend? That, that's, is, yeah. that, that's the uh, the best uh, aspect of, the, of yeah. the thing is his his mission to the Germanic people, right? right. Pope Gregory the Third. So he's up there, and they the Germans uh, worshipped trees. Yeah. Right. And um and so he famously chops one down, mm-hmm. which brings to mind you know Benedict chasing the uh, pagans out of that uh, high place. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of Rome, and uh, that's that's what the saints do. Goes back to Elijah, challenging the prophets of Baal. Yeah, I thought about that. We can't that. tolerate. Uh. I should say we we can tolerate right mm-hmm. a false religion, of course, um, but there comes a time when we do have to topple the idols. Yeah, and yeah. these saints discern prudently in their situation. This is the time to topple the idols, and so praise God for Saint Boniface and the and the courage he had discerning that right moment at that right time. Yeah, it's a very different world, you know. This notion of uh, the kind of Private property we have these days is a little, uh, it's so defined. Like, this yeah. is my house, et cetera. Back then, it had been a little bit more open, so he chops down the tree. That's, that's you know, we'll see what happens with your idols. Yeah, Saint, interesting. St. Patrick, same thing. I'm going to light the fire before yeah. the king. Yeah, we got to know our saints. These stories are awesome. So, all right, Dr. Malloy from University of Dallas. Cecil Anderson is here as well. Hi, Cecil. Good, Good morning. Good morning. And uh, Diane Xavier is running our board. We have our intern, Sam Cavana, is joining us today. It's uh, Sam comes from a line of interns. Uh, two of his brothers have interned here before, so we're happy to have him here as well. wanted to let you know that uh, this coming Tuesday, June 9th, we will begin the celebrating 20 years of... Catholic Radio on the Guadalupe Radio Network Summer Shirathon. Now that's kind of a long name, okay? <laughs> but, uh, the the key is is that it's the same 20th. it's the same theme as the spring uh, because this is our 20th anniversary. You know, we go back to uh, uh, the year 2000 when the first station went on in Midland, and so I don't have to tell you these are challenging times, and we really need your support. And I have been so so happy and so thankful for the folks uh, who have supported us, who say, you know, I know you you need the support now as much as ever. 
And so please, next week, when you hear us on the radio, uh, giving out the phone number, uh, call up and support the station. You've got some extra from that stimulus package. Yeah, yeah, many of us did. So uh, just send a little bit to Guadalupe Radio Network's way. So anyways, uh, Tuesday morning, the 9th, uh, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, the Summer Sherathon begins, and it'll go through Friday the 12th. And so uh, anyways, I don't have to tell you also, uh, you know, these are these are tough times. I was just thinking about this, Dr. Malloy. Uh, from the last time we were on the air, last Friday to today, these seven days, speaking for myself, uh, have been the most chaotic, unsettling, violent, crazy, loony seven days that I've ever experienced in my life. Not, not personally in my life, but, but just culturally. Culturally, yeah. And I, I spoke to somebody the other day that's uh, 90 years old and uh, the, the people are saying the same thing. Even people who went through, you know, World War II or the 60s uh, and the 60s. Hmm. And I, I know, but people are saying, you know, this is, this is crazy. And so, and I thought it's about very it. very odd. Let's put it that way. Put it this way. Friday, March 6th. Less than three months ago, we were here, and that was the day we gave away the car. We mm-hmm. did the car raffle, okay? There was a little bit of something in the air that morning that, you know, that we heard about this virus, and people are kind of starting to get concerned. I did the show. I left. We did the drawing. Uh, and I went to an event uh, in a nearby city here in North Texas with about 2,500 people. I remember uh, okay, that. Yeah. That was March 6th, less than three months ago. Since then... Uh, I mean, well, how else can you describe it? The world has absolutely turned upside down. I mean, we had, uh, the COVID virus, lockdowns, churches closed, face masks, social distancing, 40 million people lost their job, the killing of George Floyd, protests, riots, destruction of property, mayhem, chaos. Oil for giveaway. Oil for giveaway. I, I mean, and that's only a partial list, but I mean, it, it's just mind boggling the changes that have gone on. Uh, you know, people are afraid. People are in chaos. I saw a, a story just the other day, uh, two million first-time gun buyers now in the United States. Uh, two million people that have never owned a gun have the gone. The background checks are up 40%. Yeah, yeah, 40%. And that means that people are scared. And I, I just wanted to, uh, I, I normally don't do a, you know, a formal prayer at the beginning of it, but, uh, I know we're all familiar with the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Okay. Yeah. We, we pray it as a, as a company, as a GRN every single day at three o'clock. We all gather together, even though we have offices across the, the country and we pray. And there's a prayer at the end that starts off with eternal God in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible. I think most people are familiar with that. Did you know there's a longer version of that? And I just want to pray it because as I, as I, as I say this, I think this is exactly what we need to hear yeah. during these times because people are so scared, myself included. I mean, we shouldn't be afraid, but it, it goes like this. Oh, great, merciful God, infinite goodness. Today, all mankind calls out from the abyss of its misery to your mercy. To your compassion, O God, and it is with its mighty voice of misery that it cries out, Gracious God, do not reject the prayer of this earth's exiles. O Lord, goodness beyond our understanding, who are acquainted with our misery through and through, and know that by our own power we cannot ascend to you. We implore you, anticipate us with your grace, and keep on increasing your mercy in us, that we may faithfully do your holy will all through our life and at death's hour. Let the omnipotence of your mercy shield us from the darts of our salvation's enemies, that we may with confidence, as your children, await your son's final coming, the day known to you alone. And we expect to obtain everything promised us by Jesus in spite of all our wretchedness. For Jesus is our hope. Through his merciful heart, as through an open gate, we pass through to heaven. 
Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. That's mm-hmm. actually from St. Faustina's diary. That's beautiful. Um, Very beautiful. Uh, I guess paragraph 1570. But I saw that, and it's long, and I, you know, we normally don't pray that one at the end of the Divine Mercy. But uh, anyways, uh, I've had a lot of conversations this week. I've talked to a lot of people, and during this uh, hour, we're just going to uh, talk about some of the things in the news. Uh, a lot of it uh, kind of related to religious liberty. Uh, and things going on in our culture, uh, the riots, the, uh, you know, racial justice, uh, you know, I, I will say that, um, you know, personal, that one of the things that's really concerned me about this is just the way that personal interaction has changed. I went to go mm-hmm. buy a pizza two nights ago and uh, a place close to my house and there's this big plastic screen yeah, yeah. separating me from the 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 lady doing the register and i actually took a picture of it cuz i was like seriously i mean is this really necessary i mean do we have to have like a physical block between us uh we uh we're afraid to sit by each other now we're afraid to shake hands i don't know if i'm supposed to shake hands with people now uh a lot of people are wearing the face masks am i supposed to shake hug fist bump elbow bump i mean it's like uh you know do people think i'm sick did you know am i supposed to think they're sick and uh i personally and this is just my opinion i've been a little suspicious uh since the beginning about the whole system social distancing the lockdowns i mean everything uh grandmas don't hug your grandkids stay away from each other don't shake hands uh i came across an article by the vice president of the american uh society for the defense of tradition family and property his name is john hovat horvat and it's called The Pandemic Has Made America a Leprosarium of Non-Lepers. I think you've read this. I have not read that oh, one, have, no, have but I, I, I like reading Horvat stuff. Yeah, so he, he, he basically described what I have been thinking, but haven't really, I don't have the brightness and <laughs> to, to describe it. He's making an analogy that ba- basically our culture has become a leprosarium, where we're all in a leper county and everybody is suspected of having leprosy and we're all supposed to stay away from each other. And I, I just think there's, in my gut of gut, there's something fundamentally wrong with this approach that everybody is suspicious of everybody else. And I go in and I, I just don't get it. Okay. So, um, Anyways, he's going to join us and talk about this, and also he's an expert on socialism. Maybe he can talk about some of the underlying uh, motives behind some of the things that are going on in our culture right now. Uh, it's it's complex. It's uh, There seems to be some uh, pernicious, insidious forces that are lining up, uh, forces of goodness. I don't know. You know, uh, Ed Fazer has a blog. I don't yeah. know if you ever read it. It's, I really recommend it. And he says, look, at the beginning of this, justifiable reaction. Yeah. We're, we're past that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, 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 we didn't know what was going to happen. The numbers are pretty low. This is not anywhere near mm-hmm. the Spanish flu. Yeah. And I'm not equating it with a flu. I know it's a, something of a different beast, but we're talking about numbers here. Yeah. 50 million people dying in a year and a half. Spanish flu. Well, this is this is not shaken out that way. Yeah. Were the hospitals overrun? I'd like to know which ones. Yeah. How many, we could probably put them on our on our uh, two two hands in uh, the U, the U.S. Yeah. There were people that actually Italy went, went and yeah. did. They they brought a video and uh, you know the, the the hospitals would say, well don't yeah. don't look at the empty parking lots. That doesn't tell the story. <laughs> right, I mean, right. like, well, <laughs> did yeah. anybody walk there or yeah. what? A friend of mine in Minnesota said there's a hospital seven floors. They closed six floors empty. Yeah. The seventh floor is for COVID, and almost no one was there. Yeah. About a third. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's not to deny, we all know COVID exists. Yes. We all know that people mm, have yeah, died absolutely. of COVID. I guess the issue is, was the cure worse than the, the disease? Yeah. And that, that, that's what I think uh, we can talk to John, John Horvat about. And uh, there, there's a whole lot else going on. And, uh, you know, kind of pick some stories. Of course, a, a week like this, you know, we could talk for, for 10 hours about <laughs> this. And I, I also want to invite you, dear listener, to call in and let us know what you're thinking. John's going to come on at the bottom of the hour. But we've got about 20 minutes now to talk. We've got some articles and stories that, uh, you know, Diane, by the way, is uh, posting these on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and uh, on the on the, the our YouTube channel and some images there as well. If you want to visit us there, the, the tagline is GRN online. Uh, but there's some, there's some hand-picked articles that we've kind of picked. And Cecil, you can kind of introduce some of these. Sure. And uh, if anybody wants to call in, 877-757-9424. Because I'll tell you what, you know, as we as we go into our week next week with the Sherathon, I have talked to people, I interviewed somebody the other day, and, and she said, Catholic Radio gives me a community when I feel isolated. You mm-hmm. know, when I feel like the world has gone crazy, I, I feel like I can turn on the radio and I can talk to people that are like-minded. And I know that th- there is order in the world. I can hear about God. I can hear about goodness and purity. And I, we need that so badly these days. And so anyways, that's another little promo for the Sherathon. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, so what, what, are, what are the stories, Cecil? Oh, so um, remember the days when we couldn't find any good stories? That was not the case this week. Um, <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> right? So uh, first up, uh, you might have heard that President Donald Trump and First Lady Melania Trump visited the St. Paul, uh, John Paul II National Shrine in Washington, D.C., which is an awesome place, by the yeah. way, I've been. Um, and before he's, this is before he signed an executive order uh, to expand the U.S. support for international religious freedom efforts. Um, so he was able... He, they were able to visit there, and he left a wreath um, to uh, commemorate the saint's 100th birthday, which was a few weeks ago. Um, and, yeah, it had a lot to do with, we talked about religious uh, persecution. And he just uh, signed to, um, sorry, I can't find, oh, the foreign policy priority of the United States. He calls it a moral and national security imperative, the order for religious freedom. And it calls for a budget of at least 50 million for programs to help uh, quell the religious violence and persecution abroad and to protect religious minorities. And uh, Trump says that it's to stop the crimes against people of faith, release prisoners of conscience, repeal laws restricting freedom of religion and belief, protect the vulnerable, the defenseless and the oppressed. Which is a very interesting comment considering all the other stories I feel like we have for today. Yeah, right, right, right. And I was kind of upset because when that when he made that visit, the everybody was talking about the Archbishop of DC's right. reaction <laughs> to it and his response, and then everybody attacking the Archbishop. And the Arch, and, and, I, and I got to think, well, well, what what was why was he there? Right, what was right. the point of his being there? And uh, and so I, I think it ties in very nicely. In fact, there's a guy named Robert Nicholson, president of the Philos Project, which aims to foster and advocate for religious engagement in the Middle East. And he said, quote, we need more religion in the world, not less. <laughs> At a time when chaos reigns and mankind lies entangled in chains of his own making, we need the need for faith in transcendent truth becomes even clearer. And so I, I thought that actually the timing of the visit, uh, and I, I guess this was planned ahead of time. It wasn't something like, you know, Trump, you know, just arranged two days ago. So. Right. Uh, but anyways, uh, you know, Melania's Catholic. Yeah, people were upset that, you know, there, 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 there are protesters there. I'm not sure what form the protest was taking at that place, but at yeah. any rate, in order to clear the space for the uh, visit, you know, they had to, you know, yeah. push, push people out and whatnot. There was a, allegedly there were some 
was that I think rubber denied. bullets? Yeah, Something. was that denied? Well, so. I know the night before it was like absolute chaos. So maybe all they around. conflated. And then those. the next morning, the president of the United States is walking, you know, gingerly through the area, and you're yeah, like, yeah. wow, that they, they clean that up pretty quickly, <laughs> right? But, I don't know. I can't. I don't know exactly what I, what you know they they did to clear it, but they they certainly cleared it. And I can I say something on religious freedom oh, here? Oh, certainly. There's two there's two aspects. Like in in a way, so the religious freedom. I, I'm I'm glad for this because we as a Catholic Church are not being given like even you know a basic decency with some of these other stories, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the lawsuits going. Yeah. We can get back to that. The other side of it is the religious duty. Mm-hmm. We all have a religious duty, each of us, to seek the truth. Yeah. And the Catholic Church talks about the one true religion. Yeah. The Catholic yeah. religion is the one true religion. Paul the sixth, Ecclesiam Suam. Yeah. Yeah, and that sometimes we, gets we a forget muddled. that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. forget that. Yeah, yeah, kind of all religions have a lot to offer, and you know, we all we're all in this together. But uh, there there is a uh, there is one religion that is supreme. And there's and, and remember the the sacred liberty of the church. Mm-hmm. We got to keep coming yeah. back to that because we talk about these lawsuits. Yeah, and that's treating religion just as a civic thing. Yeah, just fine. But it's also a sacred thing. The true religion has a sacred freedom. Yes. Mm. Amen. All right. If you want to talk to us, call up uh, 877-757-9424. This is GRN Live Friday edition. Joe and the team down in Houston do the Monday show. And uh, uh, wonderful show they had Monday. Uh, and again, the religious liberty, religious freedom seems to be keep, keep coming back. And I was happy to see, Cecil, that uh, another bishop is pushing yeah. back against civil authorities who are trying to restrict religious liberty. Yeah, definitely. So, like Dr. Molly mentioned, there is a the attorneys for the Diocese of Madison have sent a letter to Dane County, which Madison um, resides in, on Wednesday. Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin, yeah. Madison, Wisconsin, uh, notifying officials that they will file a suit if parishes in the diocese are not permitted to operate at the same capacity as retail outlets. So, currently, what the rules are in Dane County is that retail businesses are permitted to operate at a 25 capacity, 25 percent capacity of what they can hold. Places of worship, however, are are limited to the maximum of 50 people, regardless of the capacity. That means that St. Maria uh, Gretti Church, which has uh, 1,225 seats, can only fill 50 of them, mm-hmm. even though it could easily fit a lot more um, if you follow the 25% rule. So, And that's the only thing that is in um, is specified. Yeah. That churches have to be 50. And that was the second draft, right? Didn't the first draft not have that? Yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. might be, yeah, yeah. I think that's so they that, that, added that. Everybody knows that there are much stronger and stricter restrictions on religious gatherings. I mean, I, if you saw the, I know this is another country, but if you saw the rally in London this week, I mean, I don't know how many tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people were packed together. Yep. And we've seen the, this, the, the, the pictures in the video this week of the protesters gathered and, uh, in, in, you're like, wait a second. I thought, I thought we weren't allowed to do that. And, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, I, I, I could explain my own right. frustration with this, but I came across actually Doug Berry, who's a popular Catholic uh, leader, uh, posted something. Uh, it's, a, it's a Protestant pastor from Atlanta, Georgia, Dr. Kynan Bridges. This guy pretty much sums it up better than I can. It's, it's about three minutes long, but I want you to listen to this. This is uh, Dr. Kynan Bridges kind of expressing his own dismay at the the double standard. Here's what he had to say. Hey, friends all over the world. I may get in trouble for what I'm about to tell you, but I need to tell you anyway. I believe that we are seeing one of the greatest deceptions that we have seen in hundreds of years. And I'm trying to figure out, is nobody paying attention to this? Is no one listening? Is nobody 
thinking anymore? Have we allowed the media to be such a strong influence in our lives that we don't scrutinize blatant contradictions right in front of our faces? Has anybody taken the time to think about how in the world there are mass protests, protests all over the nation where thousands upon thousands are gathering? And just a week prior, we were told not to go back to churches, not to go back to schools, not to go back so that we can mitigate the spread of COVID-19. And yet there are thousands of people marching in close proximity, even vandalism taking place in the name of justice. Is anybody paying attention to this or am I the only one that has common sense to realize that there is a game being played? People are being manipulated right now. A great deception is upon us and we need to open our eyes and see it. On Sunday, many churches were empty and yet streets were filled with people. Some of the same people that said, you know, it is not safe to go to church because we don't want to get the virus, but would take their families and take their loved ones and go march. And I'm not against protesting. I'm not against peaceful protests, but what I am against is deception. I am against manipulation and I believe that we are being deceived. I believe that there are communities of, of marginalized people that are being manipulated, that they are being played, that their, that their pain is being exploited for destructive purposes. And I believe that we need to wake up to this. This may not be the popular opinion and RIP George Floyd. And I pray for justice for his family. I pray for justice for him and all of those affected. But what I cannot seem to swallow is how narratives can so swiftly and quickly change to fit whatever the agenda is. So they just discourage you from from going to houses of worship and now they're telling you it's okay to go on the streets something is something is amiss something is amiss i think a lot of people are thinking that that's same fantastic thing. yeah and that something's good? rotten in denmark <laughs> yeah. yeah well you know what i mean social chaos yeah undermining of the social order mm-hmm. and so i mean that it, again pointing to our guest you know return yeah. to order is a in the background there of, of, of his movement. Um, so, right. Yeah. Also, uh, related news out of Supreme court. Uh, they ruled in favor of California's limits on the number of people who may attend a church service in a decision that saw justices debating whether religious services were being treated more strictly than similar gatherings. Exactly what, uh, the good doctor just uh, spoke about. Uh, chief justice Roberts joined four Democrat appointed justices in a five, four majority uh, his opinion reemphasized the need to defer to elected officials amid efforts to respond to the COVID-19 epidemic. So basically, mm-hmm. even the Supreme Court is saying, hey, these these rules are OK. We can continue to limit, you know, houses of, of worship. But hey, now on this on this point, here's here's my thing. <clears throat> Materially, I think that California law is is a problem, mm-hmm. but that uh, the judge would side in favor of basically letting the local politician make the decision mm-hmm. i can, there formally i think there's a point there yeah 
Yeah. You okay. see what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, like let the let yeah. let let's not mm-hmm. interfere. That's basically what his okay. point is. Okay. So they, they again, I agree. Yeah. With a, like a lawsuit brought against them, maybe like they're un- unfairly targeting religion. I don't know. It's difficult, but um, yeah, that that's what Roberts is arguing. By the way, that's what he did with uh, Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Like, let's try to find a way that the lawmakers know what they're doing. Yeah, that's what he did. Now I don't. That was he was pushing the envelope there. Right. But. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you obviously have a little bit more insight into it than I do. On the surface of it, it seemed. Uh, you know, like, gosh, this doesn't seem right. But, yeah, you've got a good point. There. He doesn't want to legislate from the bench. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, a couple other other stories uh, that I want to get to. And this one, even though it's a pop, more of a pop culture uh, sports-related story, I think it uh, is a, a little concerning, the, the, the story about Drew Brees, the quarterback of the New Orleans the, the Saints. The big problem... That? The big problem is that he threw touchdowns against Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you'll never forgive him for that, never. will you? <laughs> All right. The so, spoiler makers. So, you know, the whole, there's a whole debate, Colin Kaepernick and, uh, and kneeling during the national anthem and it got kind of cooled down over the last couple of years, but it was a big deal. I guess it was back in uh, 2017, 2018. And you had the people that were more on the patriotic side don't, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're disrespecting the flag, disrespecting the military, and then the people who you know, are um, indignant about uh, the uh, police brutality against African Americans, and you know the two, the two sides, and we know all about the tension, right? So now with the George Floyd murder, of course, there's uh, this is kind of raising uh, again, and and Drew Brees went on to social media, and I guess he was asked a question, and he said he still believes uh, kneeling. During the national anthem, he cannot support it because it's disrespecting the flag. Okay, that's all he said. That's all he said. It's disrespecting mm-hmm. the flag. Now, whether you agree with him or not, it doesn't matter. But what happened afterwards is what concerns me because everybody who works in corporate America, everybody who is in the the culture, knows that you just can't say something. You can't go into a corporate America and say that you believe marriage is between a man and a woman anymore, right? Because we're not allowed to say things. We're not right. allowed to. You, not, you, you might even get in trouble for saying you're pro-life. You, you'll be in uh, trouble for not going to an indoctrination camp where they tell you it's the opposite. Yeah. Right. Yes. No, you have to go. I've talked to guys that working at this and that company. I'm not going to name them. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and I and I used to work in corporate America, and I remember the the sensitivity training, and the, the everybody had to do this, and you're all being kind of molded to believe the same thing. Okay. So again, whether Drew Brees is right or wrong. The the mob, the social mob came into him, and within 24 hours, he does what they almost they always do. He issues an apology. Yeah. Right. Okay. And he said, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. And speaking of some, uh, with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. Okay. So within 24 hours, he has done a complete re- reversal. Okay. Tony Dungy. Um, who is um, an, an African American football coach? The and I believe the I believe the only African American football coach. Diane's a bigger fan than I am. Who's won a Super Bowl, right? He was interviewed about this. I love what he had to say, and we'll play that audio here in just a second. But uh, Dr. Malloy, oh, I thought you were going to oh, say well, something. Oh yeah, well, the the whole thing about patriotism. This is what I want to cut. What is patriotism? It is love of the people and the land. Yeah. Foremostly, it's not a it's not a polit it's not political in the sense of Democrat Republican. Yeah. We got to get we got to yeah. realize that when when Obama was president and people were uh you know uh, doing the proper you know the the customary gesture I yeah. should say. Yeah. At at the uh, pledge of allegiance or at the uh, Star Spangled Banner. 
Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. Why? Not you're not supporting Obama in his bad policies. Mm-hmm. Right. You're supporting the love of the people on the land. Yeah. And and that's and, and that's actually a duty. And uh, so basically the, the forces are saying everybody has to say the same thing. We have to talk from the same talking points. We have to believe the same thing and anybody who steps out of line uh, even you know, you you even have to allow people to say bad uh, things that uh, bad opinions. We have to allow this. This is our freedom to say something. But Drew Brees was not given that freedom. Tony Dungy, I thought, had a great response. This was his response when asked about the Drew Brees uh, comments uh, when he was interviewed on a sports show. Who has to have those conversations? You think, Tony? Who who who? We all have to have them. We and we have to have Drew Brees saying what he said. I don't. I don't downgrade Drew for that, okay? That's what he said. He may not totally understand. It may have been uh, not exactly the way he wanted to express it, but he can't be afraid to say that. And we can't be afraid to say, okay, Drew, I don't agree with you, but let's talk about this and let's, let's, let's sit down and talk about it. We can't just say anytime something happens that we don't agree with, hey, I'm done with that and I'm done with this person, and that doesn't make sense. Uh, we, we have to be better than that. This battle is not going to be won by demonstrating and throwing bricks through windows. Uh, it's not going to be won by the, the government saying, hey, we're going to bring out these weapons and dominate the streets again. That is not going to fix anything. I saw I saw a news reporter the other day doing a, a live stand-up in the middle of one of the big protests. And you know how sometimes you get all the people in the streets in the protests, and then there's some cars that just happen to be driving through because they're trying to get home or what have you. They just happen to be in the middle of the protest. And the reporter was saying, wow, everybody in these cars is giving the thumbs up, and they're honking their horns, and they all support the protesters. And I was like, well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But they also realize that they don't have a choice. I mean... <laughs> if you if you don't, you, it, it's very possible you may end up d- dead or your car is destroyed. I mean, yeah. and so it's not really a situation where the person is given a chance to say, you know what, uh, you know, I'm gonna, yeah, you know, it's 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 mob rule. Maybe they're times. waving to mom too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, perhaps <laughs> on TV. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the midst of all this, there is a good news story, a right, Cecil? Good so, news so? story. I like always the end of the good news story. Um, so you may have seen this has been circling the internet quite a lot, but a nun in Cincinnati actually. Um, made a uh, statement during a one of the protests she got up it's a and um sorry and she's a disc how do you ever say that the carmelite nun thank you i was like i discount carmelite nun of daughters of the daughters of saint elias climbed a ladder and spray painted windows covered in cardboard with two inspiring slogans saying god is love and the world will change when hearts change um and she painted this while the protesters passing the building which belongs to the sisters um in uh, the neighborhood in Cincinnati, and it's uh, gotten, you know, quite a few views, over 360,000 views. And there's also a picture of several of them praying with the protesters. And fully habited nun fully habited. up there it's, it's with spray awesome. paint. Uh, it's, it's pretty fun to see you watch a nun climb a ladder and, you know, yeah. spray paint this uh, cute little message. Yeah, because if you, if you just look at it right off the bat, she looks like a looter because she's up there yeah. with spray paint, painting on her. <laughs> right, you're, you're like, like what wow, this fully habited nun, what is she writing? She does and it right. She puts it on cardboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it said, God is love. And, and uh, that's awesome. I do that, love the message that, that awesome. like, you know, the world will change when hearts will change because everything always becomes very political, I think, yeah. when it comes to these statements. But remember, no policy will actually change anyone's heart. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, that's I think it was a good statement to have. Yeah. Amen. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is GRN Live. It's been uh, quite, quite a week. And when we come back, we're going to we're gonna take a quick break here on GRN Live. And we're going to speak to the vice president of 
The American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. You're talking about property a moment ago and how kind of the concept of property has changed. Uh, his name is uh, John Horvat, and he wrote an article called "The Pandemic Has Made America a Leprosarium of Non-Lepers," and I found it a Really interesting article. You may or may not agree with them, but I think it's definitely going to give you a different perspective uh, on what's going on in our culture and our land today. If you want to join us uh, with your opinion, your thoughts, your questions, call us up, 877-757-9424. Jaron Alive will continue right after this. Next week, we will be hosting our quarterly share on Tuesday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time. The GRN is 100% listener supported and for only 16 days out of the year, you have the opportunity to be an active part of the GRN family by making a pledge of support for your radio station. Please pray for the success of the share We are so very thankful that you are part of the Lord's divine providence, sharing of your prayers and financial gifts which sustain the work of evangelization through the powerful means of radio. I invite you to tune in and join us next week as we share how Catholic Radio has changed so many lives for all eternity due to your support to keep your station on the air. This is Len Oswald, President of the Guadalupe Radio Network, with your GRN Family Minute. We are your Catholic Radio, radio for your soul. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so that you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human life, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. The new and improved GRNOnline.com is now available. Hi, Joe McLean here, and I am so excited. GRNOnline.com just became so much better. Log on today. Enable location services so that you can find the local station information, the local program. Listen to your local GRN station right now. Get the podcast, events, and more, plus all of the network shows that you love the most. Again, grnonline.com. This is GRN Alive, and thanks for joining us uh, June 5th. It's been a crazy week, but uh, we uh, put our trust in the dear Lord and the intercession of our Blessed Mother and the saints in heaven. And uh, if you want to join us, uh, we appreciate your calls, 877-757-9424. In just a moment, uh, John Horvat, uh, the second, is going to join us from the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. But John is going to hold on just a second, because I want to go to a call. Uh, Jerry is has called in from... Dallas or Irving and uh, wants to weigh in on the topic. Uh, Jerry, thanks for calling. Good morning. Thank you, Dave, and thank you, Chris, and thank you, Jaron team. I uh, hope I think you guys are doing a great job of bringing some joy into our mornings. We all need some joy right now. We do. Well, indeed. good. I'm glad <laughs> the topic doesn't always <laughs> lend itself to joy. But uh, anyways, I'm glad you're, you're well, you know, you got to keep a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. So yep, what's on your does. mind? Well, I want to I want to weigh in a little bit. I want to give you guys some good news in, in relation to what you were discussing earlier and 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 chide ourselves a little bit, uh, even on this topic for accepting what the mass media uh, dishes out. So a couple, couple little bits of, of updates. So you talked about the religious freedom 
litigation with Governor Newsom in California. And I want to give you a little bit of an update from a guest who's been on DRN with us uh, on KAT. It's just in the last couple of months and, and tell you why, why the news is much better than, than what might uh, see the public airwaves. So, um, so specifically, Charles LeMandry and the, uh, the FCDF Legal, which is the Freedom of Conscience Defense Fund, is actually the the litigant. They've actually they're the ones who sued the governor of California to allow the South Bay Pentecostal Church to open, and that actually was what went up to the uh, Supreme Court. And John Roberts ruled, and his, and his court ruled that uh, that nominally, anyway, it seems that, that they ruled against this uh, this uh, uh, this request, but but. Actually, what what happened was that the court didn't send the case down on its merits. They simply said that um, that as you guys already pointed out, that states have the right to in a, in a in a time uh, of emergency and so on to um, to provide for public uh, public good and to make decisions of this nature. But what they all actually said was that. Uh, the complaint itself was not one about it wasn't a, it was a it was a ruling about with a five to four vote, but the uh, the court actually didn't dismiss the, the case or and it didn't rule on the merits of the church's first amendment claim and said the order was just a single line decision that simply said that uh, there's an expedited appeal possible to the ninth circuit, which also is likely to wind up for the supreme court and and if that's the case, the court can actually rule rule on the merits of religious freedom in this situation so nice uh, the, the situation is not as dire as we think that in fact um Good people who are fighting for the case cause of religious freedom, including those that are our friends at Guadalupe Radio, are actually uh, bringing the fight to these uh, somewhat repressive public authorities. Well, nice. uh, that is uh, really good news, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, Jerry has a different perspective on it. Because I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I'm guilty of kind of reading the headline in the first paragraph and thinking, "Oh my gosh, this isn't good." But uh, you guys have definitely brought a different perspective. Hey, Jerry, thank you very much uh, for calling in and uh, you know sharing that with us. We got some other folks that want to weigh in as well. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. I do though want to go to our scheduled guest, uh, John Horvat. He's vice president of the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. And he joins us here on Jiran Alive this morning to talk about his article. Um, but we may talk about some other things as well. The pandemic has made America a leprosarium of non-lepers. <laughs> what a great title. Uh, John Horvath, good morning. Morning. Great to be on the show. Yeah, you know, before we get into the article and some of the other related topics, uh, you know, the very name of your organization, Tradition, Family, and Property, you think about the things that are just getting really viciously attacked in our culture today, you pretty much have hit it, haven't you? The tradition of our country and our church, our families, marriage, and nowadays we see property being destroyed. And wow, this is what you guys are all about is protecting these, right? Right. These are three pillars of a Christian civilization. You know, they're defended by the, by the church and by the commandments, even property. You know, it has two commandments. Uh, defending private property, the family is also in the commandments, and of course tradition. So, uh, that's where we should be. <laughs> that's where we are. We're defending these three basic values. Yeah, which are under 
great attack. Yes. Uh, the website, tfp.org, for the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. Uh, John, I'm just going to read the first paragraph of your article. Uh, the pandemic has made America a leprosarium of non-lepers, and I'll let you take it from there and just kind of give us the premise and uh, why you were inspired to write this. Uh, you said, we are living in surreal times in which everything is upside down as society is opening up from the coronavirus lockdown. Perhaps a metaphor best explains what we have gone through. And uh, why don't you explain it from there? What was the metaphor that you came up with? Well, the, the metaphor is a leprosarium, that America has become a, a huge leprosarium. A leprosarium is a place where very sick and very contagious people are put to keep the other society, to keep, uh, society safe from their disease. But in this case, it's been, you know, turned around. You know, we are, the whole, whole society has become a leprosarium and, and people, uh, full of people who are not lepers and we're forced to treat others like lepers and be treated like lepers. You know, everybody can't touch each other. Everybody can't, you know, it just, it's a type of, uh, situation where you say, well, what's going on? We need to, uh, there, we need to take measures, but we shouldn't, you know, shut down everything and destroy economy and our society and 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 you know, shut down worship simply because of uh, of the uh, of the, of these measures that should be taken. So, I, I think it is a it is a fitting metaphor. Yeah, and I yeah at the beginning, you know, I was thinking, all right, the the face mask, maybe you know, let's just kind of see. At first, they were saying, I remember when they closed schools, they said, oh, we're just going to extend spring break one week, and it's probably you know a couple of weeks we'll be back to normal, and then. Here we are, you know, two, two, three months later, and, you know, everybody's kind of acting the same, and there are stories in the news about there's a next pandemic on the way, and it's going to be worse than this one. And, uh, wouldn't you say it's, it's all, it's all based on fear, and fear is not a Yeah, of there's God. a lot of fear, a lot of rumor, you know, these kind of things, and not a lot of science, because, you know, you just see, hear so many contrary things, you know, the masks are good, no, they're bad, no, they're good, no, they're bad. Hard surfaces, you know, are, are you know, are transmitters. Now they're not. Uh, so now people are saying it's not even airborne. I mean, you know, it, we really don't have the science, or they at least the science is not coming out with something that is, you know, set and you can you can base your actions upon them. And as a result, we're taking measures that are blind and severe and destructive of you know the things that are of our society. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if anybody wants to weigh in, give us a call. John Horvat uh, is uh, with us from the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. And I know uh, that a lot of people are just, you know, doing what they, they, they're putting the face masks on. They want to protect themselves. This is, you know, they're being obedient to the civil authorities or, you know, when they go to church. And uh, obedience is certainly a good thing. But it's, I, I think right. what we're getting at here is, so let's just take a look and see, does it... Are we does, overreacting? Does, does, yeah, is there an overreaction? Does... Is right, and do we have to all become lepers? And you know, and the and the so the tragic thing is, the only way out of our big leprosarium is to become a le- is to is to be a leper. As soon as you have coronavirus, you're taken out of the leprosarium and brought to the hospital and and cured, and then and then you're sent back to the leprosarium. So you know, it's a leprosarium in, in reverse, and that's not the way to to take care of the of, of the problem. Yeah, I don't know if this is too much of a stretch, but there have been. 
heresies during the course of Christian history where basically the the, the body is seemed to be bad, right? Is that the, what the Manichaeans or oh, uh, yeah. you know, where you name it. marriage mm-hmm. is bad? Albigensians. You know, right. Albigensians. Oh, yeah. And I again, Albigen- this may be more of a stretch, but I'm just going to go ahead and go there. And is there a certain sense of saying, you know, are, are we putting in the minds of people, and maybe not deliberately, but that other people are bad. Other people are to be avoided. You know, when you go into a restaurant, at least where we live, and there's little those things on the on the floor that separate everybody by six feet. You know, what's what's the message there? Is that you got to stay away from people. You may get a disease if you get within six feet of this person. You got to put a face mask on because that person, I don't know. Is that too much of a stretch to say there's something fundamentally something, wrong? Something, something. In it's interesting. It's a prioritization of the body because you don't want to get sick, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So yeah. you, right away you're beginning with health as the primary good. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I, I, I get, people don't make the distinction of health is a is a well without health you're dead. <laughs> so <laughs> there is a kind of a first take care of feed the hungry, mm-hmm. but the higher good is the spiritual works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then this gets uh, twisted into an anti-bodily, almost like Heaven's Gate. Do you remember Heaven's Gate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they're just uh, streaming online virtual. That's number one. Body mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, yeah. John, right, it's uh, you know you're 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 sick until proven you're you're, you're not innocent yeah. until proven guilty. You're sick until proven not uh, not sick, and even then. You're, you're, you are treated as if you are sick. You know, you, you, we need to be very reasonable about these kind of things, and especially considering that, you know, huge portions of the population really are not vulnerable to this, uh, yeah. to the illness. Yeah. Uh, you know, they are, they have uh, young people, uh, healthy people, uh, people be- uh, below the age of 60. You know, all these people are, are very, very uh, less likely to get it than people who are unhealthy and uh, older people. John, could you speak to the it seems like a fact that there are some people some power movers moneyed political that are taking advantage of this situation like it's a legitimate situation but they're in it for they could maybe produce the vaccine then they're going to make billions of dollars uh, could you speak about these players or uh, at least these these mechanics behind the scenes that we we don't we're not quite seeing unless we're paying attention closely Right, I'm very much. Uh, I don't like to use the narrative of of power and money because that is is somewhat of a Marxist narrative. You know, everything is power and money, and everything is just to uh, a material. There you go. I've been and, duped. I've drunk the Kool Aid. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, 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 there definitely is that element in the in the whole thing. I, I'm not denying it, but it's not the main element. You know, there are um, so, philosophers out there that uh, I'm thinking of one called uh, Harari, who's written a book called. Uh, Homo Deus, man, man, God, and you know you don't need conspiracy theories. He just lays it right out. He says, no, we need we're, we need to uh, go to a society, a egalitarian society, where everybody is chipped and uh, and everybody will be hooked up to the main system, and uh, you know, and this will be our happiness. And and you know, it is a, uh, I mean, it's just a horrendous uh, way of looking at life. But these are the things that uh, a lot of these uh, people are. Openly saying, you know, this ecological, tribal, um, above all, anti-God society that uh, and making man God. Yeah. That is uh, what they want to do. Uh, John, we got some calls coming in, so I want to get to those. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. This is GRN Live here on the Guadalupe Radio Network Friday Morning Edition. Uh, Sam is calling from uh, San Antonio. Sam, good to have you with us. Uh, what's your comment or question for John Horvat? Hello. Hi, Sam. Go ahead. 
Hi, good morning. Just a, an observation and, and maybe an analogy. I was reflecting on the song Amazing Grace, beautiful lyrics and how we've been singing it, a part of our culture and faith for over 100 years. But now, of course, we're walking without faith, and so we lost that footing, that solid ground. So from where I sit, in, when I'm in faith, or stronger a bit, it looks like other people are standing in quicksand, and they're screaming louder, shouting louder, yelling more, because they're actually sinking in quicksand. They're not realizing they're actually sinking, because they're not standing on solid ground what they used to carry. It's a beautiful song. I wish they would sing it more in their hearts uh, more often. I wish we all would. But yeah. That's just my analogy on uh, how we separated ourselves from our faith. Yeah, Sam. Thank, thanks a lot. A yeah, go ahead, point. John. Yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, and that, and this is something I think we can't, you know, uh, emphasize. Um, we need to emphasize, just completely emphasize that this this whole crisis is not a health crisis or, or even a economic crisis or a social crisis. It's a moral crisis. It's a moral. This is a moral problem of people who are not following the law of God, who are not uh, living in accordance with the life of God, and so we can expect disorder. Uh, that uh, when we are following the law of God, we are on the, we are not in quicksand. We are on a on a solid foundations, and so that that uh, song speaks very much should speak very much to us, especially those who want to keep the you know keep, who want to follow God's moral law. Yeah. All right, Livia, calling in from Dallas. Hi, Livia. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you to Guadalupe Radio, and thank you to TFP. And I just want people who are. Uh, now hearing about TFP for the first time, to please get familiar with their work. They give us, the people in the pews, they give us a voice. They help us organize our thoughts and articulate them among the other pew members because we always need, you know, the choir needs practice. And um, I would, participated in the TFP event earlier, well, I think it was in December in Dallas at House of Blues, and it's just such a beautiful, their event, standing there and praying and bringing order to the the crowd that is just kind of going along mindlessly. So I just want to thank you so That's much. That's awesome. House of Blues. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, John. Well, I guess you probably wouldn't disagree with anything uh, Olivia said. <laughs> no, and, you know, it's just so necessary for us to be out there in the public square. And yeah. I think that's the big, that's the important thing. We need to be in the pews as well. We need to be in the choir, but we need to sing yeah, <laughs> and yeah. be out there singing uh, so people can hear us. And, and we have a very important and very attractive message. You know, the church has that. Yeah, uh, we need to we need to be proud of it and and uh, and and not be afraid. John, could you comment on religious liberty? Uh, if, if we read Leo the Thirteenth, he'll say the first thing people want is to treat all religions equally, and they'll tolerate. You know, so we we start off with tolerating false religions, but the mm-hmm. true religions on equal footing. Then he says the next step is the persecution of the true religion. Could you comment on that? Do you, in other words, we all are the prelates, the the bishops. We're all only appealing to Caesar and religious, civic, religious liberty, and we seem to have forgotten the sacred liter- liberty of the church and 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 the notion of the one true religion. And I'm just wondering if we're at a pivotal phase in society where now it's time to uh, put the screws to the to the true religion says says the uh, says the say, say the authorities. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, very very much so. You know, it is it is uh, the the very tendency is exactly that to say, well, everybody has a voice. Everybody, everybody, 
and if except those who say they're the only voice and you know have the the voice of truth and so yes uh, it will lead to the persecution of the church and uh, you know we will see this um uh it just uh, it's a natural consequence and it's happened in history you know so often in history you'll see that mhm you know um uh, I know Dr. Malloy and I are big St. Thomas fans. I'm sure you are as well. And, oh, well, uh, you know, yeah. Leo the 13th, who Dr. Malloy referred to, had the, the great, uh, Eterni Patris, the restoration of Christian philosophy according to the mind of St. Thomas Aquinas. And I, I just, I see this kind of disintegration of culture. Uh, you know, we, if you go back to the 60s, you've got uh, Griswold versus Connecticut where, with contraception. And then in 1973, you've got Roe v. Wade abortion. And then you have the reversal of sodomy laws. And then you got, um, Oberfell mm-hmm. versus Oberfell. Hodges. And then, you know, and, and, and it just, there, there's, it's just one thing after another. And, uh, I, you know, I, and I don't, I, I, I guess the, the question is, is that as we continue to see society unravel, what are the steps? We pray, we have to pray first, but what are the steps um, that we can take to start to just kind of maybe take baby steps to kind of put this all back together again? What, what is your suggestion, John? Well, I mean, what we're facing is a revolution, a process, a historic process that is, uh, you know, progressing. They have, a, they have a purpose, they have an end. Uh, the only way to fight a process is with another process, which is a counter-revolutionary process uh, or a counter-narrative, to, so to speak. And so, I think we need to be we need to not accept the narratives that are thrown at us. You know, the idea that uh, you know the the church is is is, uh, is something wrong, or the church is you know so many, they're throwing a lot of things at us. The church is uh, corrupt. The church is this. The church is that. Uh, we have to say no. Well, the church is holy, one holy, Catholic, and apostolic. It is uh, it is our means of salvation. Uh, we we hold on to that truth. That truth. We uh, we live according to it. Um, we can need to challenge them. We need to challenge it in the culture, the way we live our lives, the way we we <laughs> the way we dress, the way we look. You know, the, all these things are uh, the the it, it is a uh, in, uh, in every aspect of our life. We need to try to try to orient ourselves according to the teachings of the traditional the tra- traditional teachings of the church. None of this uh, very super modern uh, theology, which will not lead you there. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. John Horvat is with us with the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, and we invite your calls. But you got to do it quickly because we're down to our last five minutes or so here. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. John, can you speak about the connection of Our Lady of Fatima? I know she is very dear to TFP. Uh, we had the uh, we had the traveling statue in our home. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. The guys in Houston yeah. came up. I just forever grateful. Hope we get it again. Um, but you know, Vigano just came out with uh, a, a connection with uh, Civita Vecchia, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you uh, heard about that. But uh, I re- saw yesterday. I didn't get. It. I didn't really read it all. But yeah, Fatima is the. Is the message for our times. I, I, you know, it, it, it speaks so much. All the things she said would happen are happening, and uh, she gives us she gives us the uh, the formula, you know, of uh, prayer, penance, amendment of life, uh, consecration of ourselves, consecration of Russia. I mean, all these things are are the way to uh, to fight against this, and uh, we we try to do our part of uh, pr- promoting the, the message of Fatima. And uh, by the, the America Needs Fatima campaign, the statues, the um, uh, prayer and penance, and uh, 
you know, our activism with the, uh, having that in mind. I want to ask you, you know, the, the, the big target of protesters right now are police. You know, now the, the, the big thing right now is defund the police. And I'm thinking, well, okay, defund the police. And there seems to be a, a just an attack on the order of society. If you go back to the French Revolution, of course, the church was physically attacked and priests and nuns, you know, were, were killed. And I, that's not happening now. They're not going after church leaders, but I wonder if there's just a connection with the police as a symbol of authority and the church and God and anarchy and socialism is, and I know I'm, I'm putting a lot together there, John, but can mm-hmm. you kind of tie it together? What is the end game here for the, the anarchists or whoever's behind this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely connection because the police are a symbol of order and, and uh, the moral law. They represent yeah. the moral law. They may not know it in an indirect way. They represent that there are restraints upon human be- behavior, and they need to be to be recognized and be done. And uh, uh, these people hate restraint, any type of moral restraint, even type of identity restraint. You know, I can be anything I want to be. I can think anything I want to. You know, they, we've reached a point where it used to be, well, you know, I can do anything I want. Now it's gone even to the point of being. Uh, it's a more radical form of this hatred of restraint, hatred of order, and hatred of a moral law. Yeah. We spoke earlier, before you came on, about uh, the Drew Brees situation. I don't know if you followed that. Uh, yeah. Where he, yeah where, and, and this is just one isolated incident, but there's also an attack on even speaking your mind, okay? The Drew Brees, you know, that's that's not an issue directly related to religion, but just just kind of working in corporate America and saying, you know what, I believe in marriage between a man or a woman. Well, you're not going to have mm-hmm. a job the next day. Uh, right. You know, that, that, that to me is really insidious. And uh, we only have a, a minute or two left, but do you want to talk about how this is all related to our, our freedom to just express our beliefs as Catholics? Right. I mean, it's, it, and the other side does not have a moral law or does not follow morals. So it's, at one point it will say freedom, let's freedom for everybody. And then the next point it will say no freedom. You know, for them, the the, the revolution that they po- they push is the final goal, and any any means to get to it is 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 moral and licit, and so <clears throat> they will uh, chastise you one moment and uh, praise you the next. You know, according to their to, to to the if it's expedient. Yeah, John, you talk about the the revolution. What is that end game there? And you got about Come. thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> He's quick. Yeah, yeah, do it quickly. <laughs> is he? Oh, I, I think we, oh gosh, I think we inadvertently lost him. That's okay. too bad. He was so, so he's so pithy. He, he's like, I can't do that in 30 seconds. I'm out of here. Well, I think he was going <laughs> to say it's the, it's the Marxist socialist revolution. Yeah. That, and that, that weird sense of happiness is just kind of living 70 years down here in a tribal village. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's and, it. And, and the, what opposes that is religion, order, police. Yeah. yeah. And I think he, he made a great comment. So, John, I'll give you a call after the show. We're sorry we lost you. Um, but uh, that does it. Dr. Malloy, thank you so much. We're going to have an after show and talk about this a little bit more. That's an opportunity for you to watch us on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, just go GRN online if you want to continue the conversation for a little while. Thanks to our guests. God bless you. Remember, God's in control. And we'll see you next week. And, of course, Joe and the team Monday, same time, and Tuesday the Sherathon begins. Please support the Guadalupe Radio Network. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. 
and may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. ATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.